It's day nine of our sheltering in the Psalms, and we've made it all the way to Psalms 41 through 45. And in Psalm 41, we end book one of the Psalter. And the way that we end book one of the Psalter is on a resounding note of totally trusting in the Lord. Look at what it says here. It says, blessed is the one who considers the poor. So we learn that the Lord is, the, is one who is concerned. We also see further that the Lord is the one who delivers. Further, we see the Lord is the one who protects. The Lord is the one who sustains. The Lord is the one who is gracious. And the Lord is the one who heals. Do you see all those phrases there? He protects, He sustains, He uh, visits in the day of trouble. And then look at this. He is contrasted, this good Lord that we're describing here in verse four, in chapter 41 is contrasted with those who are just malicious. Look at what it says here. It says that of this Lord, in contrast to them, but you, O Lord, be gracious to me. Raise me up that I may repay them. By this I know that you delight in me. My enemy will not shout in triumph over me, but you have upheld me because of my integrity and set me in your presence forever. And then listen to the way that book one ends of the Psalter. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. And then from there we enter into book two. And we noticed something very different from a lot of the headings from book one to the beginning at least of book two. And here we see that these are the songs of the sons of Korah. And to read about the sons of Korah, we'd have to go back to Chronicles. And when we go back to Chronicles, we would learn that these are the singers that David set in place for the temple. These are the ones that he intended to set in place for the temple. So their ministry was a ministry of song before the presence of the Lord. And as we enter book two of the five book Psalter, we enter much like we saw in book one. And in book one, the first two Psalms, they're intended to be read as one. But look at this beautiful phrase here at the beginning of book two. You probably recognize it right at Psalm 42. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And there again, listen to how real the psalm gets. My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession, possession, procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. And then notice this lyric that happens. I've got it underlined in my Bible, right at verse 5, right at verse 11, and again at 43 and verse 5. And here's the song that seems to soothe the soul, even all the way through the night. And I'll get to there in just a moment. But look at verse 5. Here's the question. Here's the lyric. Here's the soul song for us this evening. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him. Now listen to how personal this next part is. My salvation and my 
God. Now this song we know carries this psalmist all the way through the deep torrents of his own soul. Look at what it says in verse 7. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All the breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love. And then look at this. And at night his song is with me. And that song that he's talking about, we read further that that song is a prayer to the God of my life. And then we have chapter 43 of the Psalter. And the reason why we should think that these uh, two, 42 and 43, go together is because 40 out of this section from 42 through 49, 40, 43 doesn't have a superscription. It doesn't have a title. So it was probably intended to be read originally, probably intended for us to be read as one psalm. And the other reason that we probably understand them to be read as one psalm is there's that lyric again. As we saw the end lyric in uh, chapter 42 and verse 11, Why are you cast down, O my soul? This soul song that satisfies the psalmist through the darkest night. We have it again here in 43 and verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him my salvation and my God. So there are many in this psalm. If we read 42 and together and 43 together, we'll see that there are many individuals who are saying, where is God? You've put all of your hope in this. Your faith is nothing but uh, paper mache. And then here is this psalm reminding us that though the wounds of the world that is faithless may wound us deeply, there is a song that satisfies our soul that will last longer than any words of an enemy. And that song is hope in God, for I shall again praise Him. He is my salvation and He is my God. And from 43, we hear this psalmist calling us to cry out to God as he says these three things that I've got underlined in verse 1. Vindicate me, defend my cause, and deliver me. And then further, look at verse 3. He's asking God to send out His light and His truth so that His light and His truth can lead Him. And then He's asking to be let in to the holy hill, to the very dwelling place of God. That takes us right back to chapter 42. What's the soul thirsting for of the psalm? The, soul, the psalmist is thirsting for the very presence of God. And then we get to chapter 44. And in chapter 44, we see this deep lament. And this lament that uh, takes the matter right to God. And as he takes his deep trouble to God, he understands that uh, this is a God that as the psalmist, he's convinced doesn't stand far off. Here's the troubling thing about chapter 44. Chapter 44 paints this portrait of this longing of this one who wants to experience the power of God. We have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old, and how you did, how you uh, with your own hand drove out the nations, them you planted, them you afflicted. They didn't win the battle by their sword, but your right hand and your right arm and the light of your face, you delivered them. And then he has this declaration, you are my king and my God. And then he says this, I'm not trusting in my swords 
This psalmist is not just saying, I don't want to just hear stories of you, God. I want to experience you personally in my own life. And interestingly, all the deep troubles that this psalmist is going through, and he says it here, this phrase, you have made us like sheep for slaughter in verse 11, scattered us among the nations. Uh, all this has come upon us, though we've not forgotten you. And then he says this, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And instead of the psalmist developing this why, O oh God, and trying to figure out why God and all of this evil and why has this come upon us, he doesn't do any of that. He simply takes his plea to God and he says this at the end, Rise up, come to our help, redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. And now look at this, Psalm 45. Look at the way, the, the cry of the uh, psalmist heart is answered. The cry for redemption in 44 is answered in this way. The superscription in my Bible says this, To the choir master, according to the lilies, a mascal of the sons of Korah, a love song. My heart overflows with a pleasing theme. I address my verse to the king. Your throne, O God, verse 6, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. You have loved righteousness, hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Psalm 45, the cry of the heart of Psalm 44 is answered in Psalm 45 in a beautiful way, a love story anticipating the glory of a wedding. Psalm 44 is answered in Psalm 45 with a picture of a beautiful wedding where God joins himself with his people forever.